Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Slade, the Buffyverse Revisited. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. And this week, we will be robining into uh, <laughs> <laughs> Season 2, Episode 22, the final episode of Season 2, Becoming Part 2. Yes. Lots of twos Robin. in that. 222 Part 2. 222 Part 2. Yes. I figured since we Batmaned into it last week, we will Robin into it this week. I get it. I understand. Speaking of uh, last week, um, we had a very brief um, uh, conversation about um, the Slayer immediately uh, preceding Buffy and who that may have been. Do you recall? Yes, I do recall that conversation. So uh, I looked it up. And um, so I'm not I don't particularly follow the. uh, other media uh, aspects of Buffy novels, comic books, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, per- perhaps people people who are listening or viewing do, and they were already aware of this. But I went ahead and looked it up, and the Slayer immediately preceding Buffy was a young lady by the name of India Cohen. Okay. She was born in 1978 in North Carolina, and she. Died. You've got mail. (laughs) I do have mail, and she died in uh, May of '97. Okay. Uh, And this was this was from the expanded universe. This is from the uh, expanded universe. Yes. She um she uh, was born in North Carolina. Her father was a U.S. naval officer, and her mother was a actress in the Philippines. Um, she was called uh, as the Slayer in '93 while she was living in Japan, uh, where her father was stationed. Um, her and her watcher traveled all over Japan, slaying vampires, where they witnessed Spike and Drusilla. Uh, during that time, but never encountered them directly. And her and her watcher ended up falling in love. Um, Much like Giles and Buffy. Which, of course, they had to keep secret from the Watcher's Council. Why? Uh, We know that Bill's still arguing with fucking Ted. (laughs) Bill Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted are the, the head of the Watcher's. (laughs) fucking ted doesn't even know who india is no he didn't even know she is he's still on what's her face that spike kills in the 80s in the subway right right. he thinks she's still the current slayer right bill's like no we had we've had we've had 11 slayers since then you fucking mook right bill's like they're india you know the she she was born in North Carolina. She lived in Japan. He's like, but came- if she was born in North Carolina, why is her name India? <laughs> right, <laughs> He's, right. Ted's not the right. sharpest tool in the shed. Right, because Ted just refers to all the Slayers by uh, where they were born. So, like, Kendra is Jamaica. Right. He's like, well, he's I a- thought we were on Jamaica. And he's like, I didn't even know you knew about Jamaica. Right, right. And he was right. like, well, but after last week's argument. <laughs> um. And then Bill's not- like, by the way, Jamaica's dead now. And he's like, but we just had this conversation last week. Right. And, right. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a mess up there in Watcher HQ. 
Right. And so, and then Ted's like, so are we, are we getting a new one or like, cause there's still the blonde, there's still California. There's still Sunnydale. What's going on? Right. And Bill's like, no, there's going to be a new one because this one died. Right. Who knows? Right. Yeah. So. It's, it's a fucking mess up there in Watcher HQ, which that brings me to the, to the question of, in all the years of the of the of the Slayer line, which I would assume has been since the beginning of time, actually we do find out that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, this has never happened before, where one died briefly and activated a second. This just happened in the 1990s, apparently. Yeah, I don't think so. Go ahead. So in '96, India and her family came back to America and relocated to California, um, where they encountered. Uh, wanderer mummies or India did um, uh, but they captured her watcher and India sacrificed herself uh, so that she could save her watcher and uh, her family wait she um, to mummies how 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 to mummies yeah how I've always wondered this like in the old monster movies like how how threatening could a mummy really be, and how dangerous could they really be? Well, I mean they're covered well, in linen. Just toss a match. Well, I mean, but you saw how mummies operate in Inca Mummy Girl. So, fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Right. Um. So yeah, she died in May of '96. And then that activated because Buff. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that that ties in. Buffy was activated in summer and, yeah. summertime of '96. So, yep. You would so think they that, would at least get a memo ahead of time, like, "Hey, just FYI, you're a chosen one." So at some point, <laughs> um, that's the other thing too. Like, happens, how do <laughs> what happens if they're like really old when they get activated? <laughs> like, you know, say the current Slayer, you know, lives a nice long life. They die. You know they get killed, whatever, and then it activates the new, the new chosen one, and that chosen one happens to be like in her sixties, and she's retired, and she's like, "How the fuck am I supposed to fight? I have hip problems. I have. I'm on AARP. What you know? What the fuck? That would be well, interesting. I think, I think that's where the whole uh, into every generation." A girl is born, but if there hadn't been one for the current generation, let's say, let's say today there was a Gen Y Slayer, and she okay. lives twenty five, let's say twenty five, thirty years, gets killed. Okay, okay. Well, then the Gen Z Slayer is the next generation up, but now they're in like their fucking fifties, sixties. That would kind of suck, you know. That's our spinoff, James. That was our, that's our spinoff. Well, I think there's there. Their use of the term generation is a little more uh, lenient than yeah, what yeah. an actual generation But wouldn't is. it be cool? Wouldn't it be fun? It would be Like a sitcom of a 60s lady who's retired from her main job, but she took a job at, at like the Dinah, the local Dinah, and she gets activated. She obviously lives in New York, and uh, yeah, I can't do a New York accent, but um, I think it'd be interesting. Let's, let's make that happen. Okay, I'll see what I can do. All right, call your people. I'll call my people. Um, yeah, so uh, I was I wanted to uh, do a little research and throw that out there uh, for 
for our knowledge and uh, viewers and listeners who may not know, uh, that is uh, a little uh, little history about the uh, Slayer immediately preceding Miss Buffy Summers. Delicious. So, Absolutely delicious. Speaking of delicious, uh-huh. Jeremy, uh-huh. how would you like it Okay. if I took some Parmesan cheese? Right. And perhaps a little Asiago cheese. Okay, now I'm picking up what you're putting down. And I were to grate it finely. Right. Over mm-hmm. some dates and deets. Oh, are you going to bake them after that? Toss it together. Okay. Put it in the broiler. Okay. To melt the cheese throughout the dates and deets. Sure. Put a nice brown crust on the top of it. Nice bark. Okay. All right. And then serve it up to you. Son, I'm down. I am fucking down. Beautiful. Let's have it. Because as previously stated, we are robining into Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 2, Episode 22, the 34th episode of the series overall. And our Season 2 finale becoming Part 2. Our episode director this week is He Who Shall Not Be Named, and our episode credited writer is also He Who Shall Not Be Named. Our original air date was May 19th, 1998 on the now-defunct WB Network. Our regular cast, as always, includes Sarah Michelle Geller as Buffy, Nicholas Brendan as Xander, Allison Hannigan as Willow, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia, David Boreanaz as Angel, and Anthony Stewarthead as Giles. Our guest stars this week include Seth Green as Oz, Kristen Sutherland as Joyce, James Marsters as Spike, Robio Lamort as Jenny, Juliet Landau as Drusilla, Armin Shimmerman as Principal Snyder, and Max Perlich as Whistler. Our episode synopsis this week reads, Angel and Drusilla torture their their captive, Giles. Meanwhile, Buffy attempts to stop the mouth of hell from opening up and swallowing the earth. Mine reads, Spike strikes an unlikely alliance with Buffy to keep Angel from destroying the world. So they went a completely different route on mine. But both were accurate. Both were accurate. Both both are accurate. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. All right. Well, why don't you, Jeremy? Yes. How about okay. if this week yes. we trade places? Can I come to your house? <laughs> I didn't mean physically. Oh, oh, okay, okay. How about All right. if you uh-huh. give me the cold open? Ooh, son, now we are talking. And then uh, I will pick it up from there ooh. and tag you in as needed, if ooh, needed. I love getting tagged in, I'll tell you that. Uh, I, know, I know you like to be tag teamed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we pick up right where we left off last week. And Buffy is knelt down next to the now bloated and rotting corpse of Kendra. <laughs> <laughs> it is disgusting at this point. There, Buffy actually looks around at one point and she goes, oh, my God. It's in my mouth. I can taste it. And um, she's getting ready to, she's dry heaving at this point when the cops bust in and they're all, they got their guns drawn on this 16 year old kid and they're like, hands up, you know, blah, 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 you know, standard cop shit. And she's like, I didn't do this, you know, and, and there's literally no physical evidence to show that I did this. But they're like, we don't care. We're going to fucking 
cop assault you anyway. So <laughs> one of the cops leads her out of the library pretty roughly while the other one goes to check on Kendra and the rest of the carnage there in the uh, library. And Snyder uh, walks up to them as they're bringing her out of the library, which I'm like, why is he there? It's like the middle of the night, and he's still wearing his suit and everything. But anyway, he's magically there, and he's like, Buffy Summers. And they're like, you know this girl? And he's like, never met her, and he just keeps walking by. Right. Uh, oh, for, how come? <laughs> how come this is the first time in the history of Snyder's principality uh-huh. that he's been at the school after fucking hours? A- after like three p.m. Right. Yeah. Immediately suspicious. Immediately suspicious. Yep. It's a setup <laughs> because Snyder is. We won't give it away, but Snyder might be part of this. Uh. So anyway, he's like Buffy Summers, and they're like, so you know this girl? And he's like, yeah, and if there's trouble, then she's behind it. So that's enough for the cop, and he's immediately, like, spins her around and, and starts telling her she's, you know, has a right to remain silent, and he's, he begins to cuff her. But she and then, and, <laughs> go ahead. And then he gives her a cavity search. Yeah, right there. Right there. Right in the middle there. of the school hallway. Yeah, and she doesn't stop him for some reason. Mm-mm. She had the Mm-mm. power to, but she was Mm-mm. like, this isn't so bad. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so no, <laughs> she uh, <laughs> she immediately spins around, like grabs the cop and like flips him over and just just KOs him, and Snyder like backs up with his hands up and I'm like, oh please, just like at least a spinning roundhouse to his fucking head. Just I wanted her, you know? I wanted her to fucking like jackknife her foot right through his fucking skull. <laughs> yeah, like you should murders him right there. <laughs> But anyway, she doesn't, of course, because she's the good guy, and she just takes off running. And the female cop that was inside the fucking library, you know, checking on the carnage, she comes out and sees this, you know, what's happening, and Buffy's running away, and she draws her gun and just starts unfucking loading down the hall, like whizzing right past fucking Snyder's head. She fucking <laughs> fires. Yeah, on dude. Sixteen-year-old little girl. Mind you, no evidence whatsoever that Buffy actually had anything to do with what went down in the library. None. And she just fucking, she's like, she's like a, a cop in 2022. Yeah. Uh, who's a media. And, stum- and it's, and it's almost as though Buffy were African American black man. Yeah. It's like, it's like Buffy was a, an African American. She's like, yeah. oh, are, were you studenting while black? And then she just pulls her gun out and just starts fucking. But and Snyder's just like real, and they're just whizzing by his fucking dome, and even he's like, you could have at least gave me a fucking shout so I could get down. But yeah, anyway, obviously they don't hit her. Buffy gets away, and the cop gets on her walkie and says, you know, all units, we have a fugitive, a, a, a homicide fugitive, female, approximately sixteen years old, and very dangerous. And I'm like, what? Okay, I well, I guess maybe because she KO'd the cop, but she's acting like they just lost fucking Jeffrey Dahmer. You know, like <laughs> a convicted multiple serial killer is on the large, you know. But anyway, and that is our cold open, James. That is our cold open. And when we come back from the credits, uh, we see Buffy uh, infiltrate the hospital. Dressed in uh, black. By literally coat just putting a hoodie on. 
she's wearing she's wearing all black and uh she's at the hospital now to check on uh, her friends and uh she stumbles upon xander who tells her that willow's willow suffered some head trauma and the longer she's unconscious the less likely it is that she'll wake up um i do want to say in a moment of uncharacteristically uh xander not being a creepy pervert um there there's a brief part in this scene where um the cops are coming and Xander grabs Buffy and hugs her to kind of hide her. Mm-hmm. And, and when they release Buffy's like, uh, she says something to the effect of, uh, that was part, that was part protecting me and part copping a feel. Right. And she kind of jokes and Xander, like he doesn't, say anything lewd or or anything like he's like dead serious because of the situation with willow and i really liked that scene i really liked that a brief exchange but i also took it to assume like of course he copped a feel i mean (laughs) well it's xander of course i mean he he was like he had he already had his fingers in her crack during that hug. I mean, it's fucking Xander. So, you know, anyway, go ahead. Um, so, uh, uh, the longer she's unconscious, the less likely it is that she'll wake up. And, uh, at about that point, Cordelia arrives and says that, uh, um, you know, she took off running and, she thinks she was about three counties away before she realized no one was chasing her. And I'm like, there's no way she ran three counties in those heels with those fucking breast implants. But anyway. And uh, and then she, again, like phenomenal Cordelia growth in this scene. Yeah. She she makes a comment like she she's down on herself because she says not very brave of me. And like, and you can tell she genuinely feels bad that she well, ran. She, she, I think if I remember the way it played out right, I could be totally wrong about this, but I think she was still there to see the part where the vampire like fucking snapped yeah. Xander's arm like a twig, and she's like, "Fuck yeah. my boyfriend," and she just fucking bailed. Well, well, Xander is the one that told her to run. That's right. That's right. He did say that. He said, yeah. "Run, run." Yeah, yeah. You're right. Okay. Again, it's this is just Cordy becoming the Cordy that I that I come to adore and admire. And want a bone. Oh yeah, let me tell you. Something. Oh my god. Charisma um, Carpenter, baby. Woo-wee. But but yeah, I really I really liked Cordelia in this scene. Like you said, it's she's really growing into the Cordelia that that um we like. That, oh yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, we like it's fans of 100%. of Buffy and Angel. Um, just, and so much growth, um, you know, um, uh, so anyway, as she's going on, they, um, everyone realizes that Giles is missing. Um, so we cut to the mansion and Giles is waking up and Angel threatens to torture him if... I'm sorry, who's threatening to torture him? Uh, Angel. Angel. Angel, okay. 
Okay, sorry. Uh, for whatever reason, whenever somebody mentions Angel for the first time in an episode, that song just, it I don't know where it, it just starts. It's emanating from my head because every time Angel pops up in an episode for the first time, that's what I hear in my head. See, I thought it was Jesus, but okay. <laughs> Jesus doesn't care about Buffy. Oh, okay. That's 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 upsetting, and that's why, that's I'm, why, that, that's why that's I'm an why atheist. I, that's why I can't follow religion. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Fuck that, man. Because, you know, religious people ask, what would Jesus do? But Jesus should be asking, what would Buffy do? And Buffy should be asking, what would Angel do? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, Angel threatens to torture Giles if Giles doesn't uh, tell Angel how to successfully do the ritual to uh, awaken a Kafla. Um, uh, and meanwhile, uh, the police are... Uh, yeah, but does, I just want to stop you really quick. There's this one part where, at the very end of that scene where Angel's like, but I hope you don't tell me because I really want to torture you. Right. And, and I'm he like, says, damn. Uh, he says uh, they didn't even have chainsaws the last time I tortured someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which raises a good question. So Angel was resold in 1898? Yeah, 1898. Yep. Um. The chainsaw was invented in 1830. So are we to believe? Are we to believe I that would have Angelus? Never guessed that. Wow. So are we to believe that Angelus mm -hmm. didn't torture anyone between 1830 and 1898? Well, maybe not with a chainsaw, because something tells me that a, a, a chainsaw that was that was first built in in what do you say 1830? 1830. 1830. 1830 would be probably the size of a fucking truck, I'm assuming. <laughs> like... But the but the point remains, Angel said, the last time I tortured someone, they oh. didn't even have chainsaws. Well, maybe he last tortured someone in 1829. I don't... I find it hard to believe that this cold bastard <laughs> <laughs> didn't torture anyone for 60 years. Yeah, 60 plus that, years. that is kind of... Maybe he was just bullshitting, or maybe he didn't realize that the that the chainsaw was invented so early. That's maybe true. he didn't discover uh, the chainsaw till you know the the twentieth century. Right. Also, fun fact: uh, the chainsaw was invented to aid in childbirth. I have so many questions, but I won't even ask any of them because I'm not sure yeah. that I want to know the answer to any of them. Right. Uh, feel free to Google it while I'm. I will not be the, Googling that. Thank you. Here. Chainsaw childbirth. That won't put me on. That won't get me put on a list or anything, will it? <laughs> <laughs> I was able to go to Italy, and you should see my search history. It's fine. Ooh. <laughs> um. So yeah, the police are have paid uh, Joyce a visit, and they're telling her about what happened, and um. You know, they're all like, yeah, you know, give us a call if Buffy shows up. And he just looks uh, that detective guy looks like a classic slimy detective, like douchebag. Well, well, and here's the thing. Like he says to Joyce, like sarcastically, almost he's like, your trouble, your 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 daughter's got a history of violence or history of trouble or something like that to Joyce. Or but he like he phrases it as a question and like 
He knows she does. It's the same fucking detective that came and investigated when she pushed John Ritter down the stairs. Yeah, exactly. I would be like, get the fuck out of my fucking house, you fucking bacon-smelling... Sorry, go ahead. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Buffy has headed over to Giles' place, and she encounters Whistler. Um, which we never get in it every time she, okay, I'm sorry to, I know I keep interrupting you. I'm sorry, but so she runs into Whistler here at Giles house. And then the next time she comes either, there's either one or two more times she comes to to talk to Whistler. He's still at Giles house. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. the fuck (laughs) is Whistler doing at Giles house? How does he know Giles? Does he have a key? Why does he have a key? Um, why doesn't Buffy ever bring this up? Like, what the fuck are you, why are, what? You, get the fuck out of my, what? But no, none of that, so. Right. I didn't know if you had an answer. Um, I don't. I would say, based on context clues in the episode, mm-hmm. Whistler had come looking for Angel. Um, because he does, he does at one point. I think it's in the later scene where Buffy encounters him again at Giles's house. Mm-hmm. He does say something to the effect of he, he, he always took this for Angel's big moment. He right. just didn't realize he'd be the one uh, awakening Akathla. He thought he'd be the one stopping him. Right, but I'm just like, can we figure out what the Giles connection is here and why he's at Giles' house and yeah like- that that unless maybe he went to Buffy's first and the cops were there. So he was like, I'm going to try the watcher's house next. It would have just been, if it would have just been nice if they'd have thrown in like a a single line where he's like, yeah, me and Giles go back a ways. Something like that. Right. Um, I don't think Buffy never even brings it up. Like, so why are you at my watcher's house? Who's missing? Right. Like, I would immediately assume he's involved. I'd have grabbed him and beat him up for answers. Right. I don't know. Um, Yeah, again, like, I just, I, uh, just from context clues, I think Whistler's looking for Angel. Kind of maybe wasn't aware that Angel had uh, gone to the other side again. Um, But. Well, he is a a switch hitter. We know that. So. Um. Um. so yeah, she meets Whistler, and uh, uh, we kind of find out that uh, I mean we already knew this, but you know he reiterates that he's a demon, you know, sent to balance out good and evil, and uh, you know that means stopping Angel from reviving Akathla, and um, he uh, he gives Buffy some cryptic, nonsensical ramblings about knowing how to use the other sword and. You know, she doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to her. And so she leaves and uh, on her way back home, uh, she gets stopped by a cop and the cop pulls a gun on her and suddenly again, again, immediately draws down on a 16 year old girl who might weigh 110 pounds soaking wet. And he's right. like six five, you know, couple of bills, and he, but he gets out of his car, pulls out like this fucking hand cannon, and like points it right at her fucking face, and he's like, it's instantly aggro. Uh, but 
he does get uh, he does get the his shit rocked from someone off screen, and we see that it is Spike. And uh, Buffy's initial instinct, of course, is to <laughs> throw down with Spike, yeah. and he he stops her and tells her that he's there uh, to uh, to help her. Um, stop Angel because he has no interest in destroying the world. Uh, really, only wants Drew back, and he's willing to work with Buffy to that end. Um, he tells her that Angel has Giles at the mansion, so Buffy kind of reluctantly accepts his offer to help. And we cut back to the hospital, and Xander's alone with Willow in her room, and. He's talking to her and I got a clip you know. because this this is possibly the greatest scene Xander Lavelle Harris ever has in this entire show arc. Play it for us. So here's what he's and she and, and, and just for context, she's still unconscious and he's holding her hand and begins to talk to her. Come on, Will. Look, you don't have a choice here. You gotta wake up. I need you, Will. I mean, how am I gonna pass trick, you know? And who am I gonna call every night? And talk about everything we did all day. You're my best friend. You've always... I love you. And that was that was the first time my feels got got all up in. And yeah, it's uh, as much as I hate Xander, it, it's a really good scene. Yeah, because it's a you, really good scene. You could always tell throughout all all the episodes of both seasons so far that that he and Willow have always shared a special like that they are just soulmates in the in the in the in the context of platonic soulmates you know right and right. this is deep because you know i can put myself in this position with you know and it's like wow yeah that would that'd be yeah. deep um so yeah he as he's you know saying that to her her eyelids begin to flutter and she wakes up a little bit and she starts to mumble for Oz who does indeed show up at that moment. And, and Xander immediately says, fuck you. I take it all back. Right. And, he and then he, leaves. and then he elbows Oz <laughs> in the fucking Adam's apple. <laughs> crushes uh, his windpipe. Crushes his windpipe. <laughs> and um, Oz just got there. So he doesn't even know why he's been attacked. Right. Right. You know? Um, and then, and then Xander pulls a gun from fuck knows where, shoots Willow and kills her, and then puts the gun in his mouth and kills himself. Yeah. It's like, yeah. whoa, that escalated. It took a turn. It yeah, it took a, took a turn. Fucking A, right, it did. <laughs> um, so uh, I think, does Xander, Xander leaves the room, right? When yeah, he like, up? yeah, he gets up and he says... Something to Oz, like as he's like past, like 
talk to her or, or you know, glad you're here, something like right. that. And he he leaves, and that's and Oz goes up to her bedside and takes her hand, and yeah, and that's when they have their little they have a little conversation briefly. Yeah, um, like he kisses her forehead, and yeah, uh, and then we cut to uh, Spike and Buffy walking back to Buffy's house as Joyce pulls up, and she's kind of frantic with worry and wondering where Buffy's been and and who the hell Spike is. And Buffy and Spike have this funny little improvised moment where they uh, where they make up the excuse that. Uh, uh, Buffy's in a band with Spike and she plays the drums and Spike's the singer. Um, and uh, they all start to head inside and uh, they get attacked by a vampire and which Spike and Buffy, Buffy make quick work of right in front of fucking Joyce. And Buffy stakes it and dusts it a foot and a half away from her mother. Right. And Joyce is staring on in disbelief and she's like, like what the fuck is going on? And Buffy drops the bombshell. Mom, I'm a vampire slayer. And finally the, the cat is out of the bag. The cat is out of the bag and then what's happening after that jeremy they're they they turn around towards the house because that's where they've been standing in front and it this son of a bitch is on fire and it is (laughs) they uh i mean you know they go inside the house and and um you kind of left me in an awkward spot here i'm trying to find uh so yeah, um, yeah, I'm I'm lost, bro. You're gonna have to keep going for a minute. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Uh, so we cut inside the house, and um, Buffy's on the phone with uh, Willow, um, uh, and she's kind of filling her in, her and Xander in on what's going on and uh um as she's telling them we we cut to spike and joyce sitting in the living room and there's just awkward silence (laughs) and then and then we cut back to buffy kind of still giving willow and xander the rundown and then we cut back to spike and joyce again and they're still just sitting there in silence and finally joyce is like kind of kind of eyeballing spike and she's like have we met <laughs> spikes like spikes like uh yeah uh you hit me over the head with an axe one time remember yeah. get yeah. the hell away from my daughter yeah <laughs> and just is like oh oh um uh i'll take over now i've i've caught i've caught okay. up now uh okay so yeah they're both quite relieved when uh Buffy finally re-enters the room, and they don't have to make this awkward small talk anymore. And Buffy tells Spike she'll accept his offer um, of help, but she says Drew dies because she killed Kendra. And Spike's like, fuck that. Uh, that's part of the deal. Drew, 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 I'll take her, and we'll leave, and you'll never see a bloody see us again, hopefully, but that's the deal. No Drew, no deal. 
I love I love Spike in this scene too when Buffy's like she, like she killed Kendra and Spike's like yeah she, she's like she Drew bagged, bagged the Slayer, the slayer? Yeah. and then like he looks at Joyce and he's like well she didn't good on her she didn't even tell me yeah. Yeah. And then he looks back at Buffy and he's like, oh, I guess not from your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he insists that Drew must be unharmed and Buffy relents and says, okay, fine. Uh, but if Giles dies, Drusilla dies. And so Spike leaves and uh, here's my only complaint of this whole episode is this, is this kind of deal here. This this brief interaction between mom and daughter is we only see Joyce and she kind of only comes around when she's being a bitch and like an overbearing bitch who doesn't who who's unwilling to to try to understand the situation and it just irks me. Um, but you know. Buffy's like, I've got to go. I've got to, and, and she's like, No, you're not leaving this. I'm not leaving you leave this house. And Buffy's like, You know, don't you think I'd like to be normal? You know, but I'm not. I've got to go save the fucking world again. And um, so she tries to like physically block Buffy from leaving. And Buffy just has to kind of give her a little. Um, well, she basically bitch slaps her all the way across the kitchen. And no, she she just kind of shoves her, and she kind of slams back against the island, and Buffy opens the back door and starts to head out, and she's like, don't you even think about coming back if you leave this house. And Buffy just kind of looks at her like, okay, and she leaves. And I'm like, what kind of mother? Like, what? What? Don't think about coming? Uh, anyway. Um, Joyce is just so poorly portrayed. They you know? It takes them a while and it uh, it continues into season three. I mean, we're we're gonna see it. I think it starts to level off a little bit um, after um, the first few episodes of season three, but definitely in the premiere of season three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's but honestly, everybody's kind of a dick to Buffy. I in, know, but it's like. In the in Joyce the is never around very much, right? And then I'm, it's like I'm, ta- I'm talking specifically about like yeah. the premiere of season three. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think I think the Joyce thing does kind of level off after that, mm-hmm. but she's definitely in these first two seasons. She is there solely as another antagonist. Yeah, to I, Buffy as just an oh. unhelpful, un right. Just ugh, bleh. yeah. Um. Like now this she's is, dropped the bomb. Like mom, I am the chosen one. <laughs> this is not the life I want to live, but I have no choice. You know, blah blah blah. Your mom, you know, you would want, you would hope that mom would be like, oh my, okay, what can I do to make to help you to make your life easier? Right. You know. Let's, oh my let's, god. Oh, oh my gosh. So much of the last, you know, three four years makes so much sense now. Right. Um, I was such an, an, a, a fucking close-minded bitch. I'm sorry, but no, she doubles down on the I'm 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 mom and blah 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 blah. blah right. You know, and it's it's like barf, you know. Um, but I really like this scene. Um, not necessarily because of the the Joyce aspect of it, but again, it's 
SMG knocks this out of the park. Well, the one redeeming thing about the scene is that I think this is the moment Buffy grows up. Like, this oh. is the moment that Buffy becomes Buffy to me. Like, Buffy becomes grown up, save the world, fully embracing the fact mm. that she's the Slayer. Uh, I disagree. I think that comes later in this episode. I mm. do agree that that happens in this episode. Mm. I think it comes later. Um, as far as, like, I hesitate to to use the phrase embracing that she's the Slayer. I think she's already embraced that. Like, yeah. like she she's aware of it. She's accepted of it. She's accepting of it. I think later in the episode is when we get that um, growing up, for lack of a better term, moment where it's the realization that that being the slayer really does mean doing whatever is absolutely necessary to save the day. Yeah. Um, but SMG as always it knocks it out of the park in this scene with, with Joyce, mm -hmm. you really, um, and it's something that hasn't been touched on a lot this season. It was touched a lot on in the first season, but again, we really get the, the, uh, emotion and the idea that this is this is a teenage this is a teenage girl mm -hmm. like this is a little girl dealing with with literally the end of the world and and she doesn't want to have to deal with that pressure but she has to and mom um, is being a bitch and and again, like SMG knocks it out of the park. She's oh, phenomenal yeah. in this scene. And something else I like about this scene is that would have been a perfect slam the door moment, like for the dramatic effect. Yeah, but she just leaves at a jar. Yeah. But she doesn't. And to me, watching it, her leaving the door open instead of slamming it was so much more effective. Yeah, because it, if she, she was just so hurt. It. And, like, I have to do all of this. I might have to kill the love of my life. I'm doing what I have to do to try to stop the end of the world. And now you're, my mother is throwing me out of my house. And she, she, it was, she was just looked so defeated that she just walked out and, just, and didn't even bother to slam or quietly close the door. She just, she's just like, I, I give up, you know. Mm -hmm. Like, I give yep. up on this situation. So back in the hospital, and Willow, uh, despite protests from Van uh, Vander, <laughs> Xander uh, decides she wants to try the curse again. And she's basically like, this is my resolved face. You know my resolved face. It's going to happen. So she sends Oz and Cordy back to school for her supplies. Um, and she sends Xander to tell Buffy what her plans are, hoping that she can, you know, stall the whole situation long enough for her to complete the the uh, curse. And uh, then where do we go? Uh, we are back in the mansion, and we see that uh, Angel is torturing Giles, who is uh, successfully resisting the torture. Um, uh, <laughs> he... Uh, I, I love this scene. 
Angel like gets in Giles' face and he's like, you know, I can make this all stop if you just tell me what I need to know and yada yada. And Giles is like, is like, okay, please, you know, like, you know, make it stop. And he's like, Giles says to Angel, you need to perform the ritual in a tutu. Yeah. <laughs> and then he calls him a pillux. Yeah, which I had to look up, and that basically just means idiot. <laughs> yeah. It's like English um, slang for yeah. idiot. And then uh, I think, and then how it ends with Angel, Angel yells for someone to get him the chainsaw. Yeah, he's right? like, all right, bring me the yeah. chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. Um. And we cut back to the library where Buffy is retrieving the uh, second uh, sword of the virtuous knight that Kendra had brought with her. And while she's there, she runs into Principal Snyder, who gleefully takes orgasmic joy in telling Buffy that she's expelled from school. So another then, another giant shitstorm on Buffy's head. The sixteen year old girl's head. Seventeen. 17. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she's seventeen. Yeah. Um, and then after she walks away, um, he gets on the phone and with someone, and, and he's he calling says, a one nine hundred sex line for some reason. Right. It's funny you said that because I'm. 85 to 90% sure that when Buffy was walking away and he turns to look at her, he's he's gawking right at her ass. Oh, yeah. That's why he had to call the fuck line afterward, which it's, it's hilarious that I say that. There are going to be so many younger people who, are, who will have <laughs> no idea what a 1-900 number even is. Google <laughs> it, kids. But anyway, right. go ahead. Right. Kids. You're presuming we have any listeners, let alone. <laughs> that's young, true. That's young true. Listeners. That's true. We only have like I think, two point two listeners according to stats. That's you, me, and then point two of someone else. So, yeah, I don't know. Um. Uh. Yeah, and then he gets on the phone. I don't know who he calls, but he says. Tell the mayor I have excellent news. Yeah, I assume it's like, I just assume it's like the mayor's secretary or whatever. Right. Because um, as soon as he says that, he's like, tell the mayor I have excellent news. Then he goes, Snyder, it's Snyder. The, the principal at the high school? Short, bald? No, I'm sorry, none of that happened. Right. And then he's like, I play a Ferengi on Star Trek, goddammit. I'm, I'm Quark on DS9. And then he's like, yeah, okay, there you go. Wow, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, actually, what happens is um, he hangs up. He He's like, tell the mayor I have excellent news. And then we cut to Bill and Ted back at the Watchers headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and oh god, they're still arguing. He's still trying to explain to him that Jamaica is dead, right? right. So it's they ha he Bill has not made much progress with Ted, right? Right, and then not, and like Ted's on the phone, and then Ted's like was like, hey, shut up about Jamaica for a minute. Who who the fuck is Snyder? Like what is <laughs> and mayor what's a, of what? And what? what's a quark? <laughs> what the fuck is a Ferengi? What? I don't. <laughs> oh, buddy. 
we have so we have we have weaved such a weird fucking world <laughs> from the beginning of this show to now. Woo! I would I want to see it brought to life though. <laughs> it would be pretty fucked up. The problem is I some of it I forget and like I can't remember what we named uh Tammy's love interest. Cuz uh, like, I don't think but, she had a love interest. We gave her Or was her it her watcher. watcher? Okay, what was her watcher's name? Rufus. Rufus, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um so then we cut back to the mansion again and um uh Angel wants to kill Giles and uh Spike talks him out of it. He's like, you know, uh there's other ways to get the information you want and I don't plus I don't want to be picking librarian out of the carpet for the next week and And Angel's um, like, Okay, what's the other way? And then that's when Spike finally stands up out of the chair, revealing, you know, that he's okay. And he And he, then he points right at his dick. No. He pulls oh. out he pulls out chapstick and he starts putting it on his lips and he's like, pull the librarian's pants down. I'm gonna get the answers you need. <laughs> <laughs> and and you and in the just faintly, I mean just faintly in the background, you hear do 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 Buffalo Bill song. <laughs> just ever so faintly. Right. And Spike's like, You you sucked the big stone demon dick, so I'll take this one. For I'll the take team, the buddy. fucking he's like, at least he's English and so am I. I've always had a thing for him, I'll be honest, so But he's putting that fucking chapstick on thick, man. Right. Right. You know. Are we done? <laughs> no no, let's keep it going. No, yeah, we're done. Um Yeah, and then uh and then Spike tucks himself and opens his trench coat <laughs> and just starts dancing. And he, for some reason, he he looks at Angel dead in the eye without blinking. He's like, would you fuck me? And Angel's like, what? And he's like, I'd fuck me. I'd fuck me hard. <laughs> and Angel's completely fucking grossed out by this entire thing. Right. Angel's like, I... He's like, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not gay. And then he's, yeah, he starts getting a little, he's like, right. oh, and he's, he's tasting his vomit. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Right, and, but yeah, and he's like, after he's done vomiting in his mouth, he's like, he's like, I'm not, I'm not gay. And yeah. Spike's like, what about that time in Budapest? Right, and he's like, that, I was, I was on drugs, okay? <laughs> right. I was on, I ate someone who had taken LSD. Right. So, give, give me a break here. Right. Spike's like, um, okay, so you're just conveniently gay, okay? Right, okay. whatever. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, you're gay when Darla's around and wants <laughs> wants a menage a trois. Yeah, but but now she's dead, so yeah. it's so a no go. You're no is longer that, gay. Is that is what that it what is? You're trying to tell Fine, me? whatever, whatever, dude. Whatever, cool. self hater. Right, he's like, it's cool. Fine. It's like I didn't. I mean, I didn't want to do it anyway. Yeah, I'm not gay either. He's like, I just did it because the moment, you know. Right, like, because, yeah, it's fine, whatever. Whatever. It was a very awkward scene, this. Yeah. Very awkward. Uh, And then then he sits back down in the wheelchair, and he turns himself around, (laughs) and you just hear, and you just hear, 
<laughs> well, and then you hear, then you, then you hear like, like, <laughs> and you're like, what? What would that? But that's something that Spike's into, you know. What is going on here? <laughs> what is the people listening are like? What the fuck is happening, dude? You unsubscribe from that piece of shit podcast right now. <laughs> they are mentally fucking deranged. They're like they haven't even actually talked about what's happening in the episode for like twenty fucking minutes. Yeah, they're making up shit that obviously is fucked up in their fucked up heads. So you then need the, to you need you need to delete that. And then they're like, do they do they have a live journal account? Because that's going to be some fucked up fan fiction. <laughs> live journal, holy fuck! <laughs> Flashback. Oh my god. So anyway. So, yeah, Spike's like, uh, there's other ways to get the information. And he calls Drew in and he asks her if she wants to play a game. And she's like, funny, you should bring that up because she actually has Connect Four with her. She does. She has Connect Four <laughs> yeah. with her. And she's already and, like setting it up like, yes, I want right. to play a game. And she's like, I would love to play a game. Oh, my mommy loves this game. game. Mommy. <laughs> My mommy loves this game. We played it all the time. And then Spike's like, "No, your your mother was it was in the 1700s. They didn't have right. Connect Four then." And she's like, "Right." Shut and, then up. Like, and then she's she's like, "I don't like the way you're talking to me." <laughs> that was a pretty goddamn spot on. Yeah. Yep. 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 Oh, buddy. I gotta quit interrupting you with this shit. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, so Drew ends up hypnotizing the the uh, tortured Giles in much the same way she did uh, um, Kendra, and she makes him see her as Jenny. And I'm not gonna lie to you. Like I kind I gasped a little bit. Like I knew it was coming, but I still was kind of like. <gasps> No, not no, no. No, you went that deep. You, you, you. That's pretty low, Drew. Drew. I did. I was yeah. like, no. I was like, oh, not Jenny. But she's and like, that's the way I roll, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this was the second time in the episode that it got it. It hit me right in the feelings feeler. Yeah. Oh no, this um, no. Yeah, once. Once the camera comes that circle around and we see that it's Jenny now, oh yeah, the scene becomes very. Yeah. It's very like, oh no, poor right. Giles, you know, and and yeah, yeah, I know what yeah. you're saying. Yeah, as as you know, seeing seeing Willow in unconscious in the hospital bed was the first time Xander's speech to Willow at the side of her hospital bed, and then this again, like I was, <coughs> excuse me. Like, I'm like, fuck, like, this three times already in this episode. And I've seen this episode countless times. And we're three, like, and, and I'm, I, it's getting me in the feels. I know. Like, I know. I texted you that exact thing. Yeah. And I was like, dude, these episodes are getting me right in the feels. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's like you're not your... You get through one of them, and you're like, okay, all right. And you continue on, and then another one hits you. You're like, ah! right, <laughs> you right. know, yeah. Um, and but they're spaced just right. Right, and yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna kind of backtrack to to that, like, kind of what I was just saying. Well, when we're doing our final wrap up, but anyway, um, so yeah, he's seeing 
he's seeing Drew is Jenny and and um she's trying to coax the information out of him and um we Giles ends up revealing that um it's Angel himself, his blood uh is the key to to uh pulling the sword out of Akafla and waking up the demon. Um and uh fucking man Ash in this scene, dude. Like again, it's one of those things where like he's flying through so many emotions, like in just his eyes and his facial expressions. And it's so it's fucking heartbreaking, man. Like you can see he goes from the joy and relief of seeing Jenny to uh to not believing it's really her to going back to believing it's her and then the realization that he just gave up the information to the the bad guys and kind of that regret and it's so he's so fucking good he's so fucking good and he's like it, fuck why did i go through all that torture and didn't give him the information. Why couldn't they have started with the mind fuck? And then I could right. have just gave up the information and not be all fucked up. Right. Um, and scenes like this with him, um, and and the scenes where he's like in Ripper mode, makes me so mad that we never got the that Ripper spinoff that yeah. was so heavily talked about. Oh yeah, yeah. That Rupert Rupert is quite the character. <coughs> um. um and Anthony, Anthony is, he's just, he's, oh, yeah. he's just a killer actor. He's, he's English, bro. I'm telling you, England doesn't, the, the, the whole kingdom, uh, uh, the whole United Kingdom, they don't put out shitty actors. They, they, they don't have any of them. The lowliest low actor from the United Kingdom makes our quote unquote best actors look like <laughs> shit. You know, right? Their commercial actors there are better than our feature actors. It's, 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 um, a, it's a true art form there. You know. So, uh, uh, I forgot to mention that um, at this point, uh, uh, Drew is making out with Giles. Heavy, <laughs> heavy. And so we cut back to Angel and Spike, and Angel's like, "Oh, of course, it's my blood. Like, it has to be my blood, you know." Yada I'm yada. The key. Yeah. Right. And he tells Spike to kill Giles, and Spike is like, uh, "What if he's lying?" And Angel's like, "Yeah, yeah, you're right. Don't kill him." Uh, and then they look over and they see that Drew's still going <laughs> at it, still making with out with Giles, him. and they're like, "Uh, Drew, uh, honey, uh, we're done. We're yeah. done here." And she's all like, I'm sorry, I got caught up in the moment. Um, and that's uh, and that's kind of when you see like that final wave of of regret and like, oh, my God, I can't believe I just gave up the information uh, on Ash's face. And it's just so good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, and we cut back to Giles's house. Uh, where Whistler is still roaming around. For, still for, going through his oh, cupboards and his fucking fridge, and I'm like, what in the hell is happening? Is he going to try on his underwear next? <laughs> right. Like, what the hell? Um, and, uh, and we basically get the same information from Whistler to Buffy that we just got in the previous scene, that yeah. it's it's Angel's uh, blood that um, needs to be used to both open and close 
Akafla's uh, vortex. Yeah. Um. So we cut to the next day, and uh, we're in the hospital, and Willow begins to do the ritual to restore Angel's soul, and Angel begins his ritual to revive Akafla, and. Uh, Buffy's on her way to the mansion and she runs into Xander who uh, proceeds to uh, negate uh, all the good things he's done in this episode by not telling Buffy that Willow is attempting the restoration ritual again like Willow asked him to do and instead telling Buffy that Willow said kick Angel's ass. Yeah. Uh, continuing to be the sc- the scumbag that he that we know and yes. hate, right? Um, so we we're then in the mansion. Buffy comes in with Xander in tow. She decapitates a vampire that's there. Um, yeah, she's Xander- pissed at this point. She's decapitating motherfuckers, right? Um, and as soon as she decapitated him, <laughs> I hate that I'm this way. My, <laughs> what are you going to say? My immediate thought was there can be only one. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say I was waiting for the quickening to start. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah. same thing. Yeah, same yeah. Thing. Um, so, uh, um, uh, Xander, Xander comes in right behind her, clocking vampires with his fucking casted fists. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like a funny. classic '80s bad guy wrestler <laughs> with a fake cast. He's using that right. fucker, uh, you know. And it's funny because when I was looking up stuff for this episode, um, a couple different places listed that as a goof. Like Angel comes in and hits. A vampire with his broken hand Xander, and i'm like mean. that xander yeah and i'm like that that's not a goof that xander using his that hard-ass cast is advantage yeah. that's been that's a thing a in in wrestling and movies and right, shit for right like that all was time. deliberate no right. i'll tell you what the biggest at least that i noticed the biggest goof was goof him up an oopsie when we get to it okay um so uh uh, Xander uh, rescues Giles and and Buffy uh, is faces Angel and Angel's all like I don't have time for you blah 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 Buffy's like you don't have much time at all and Angel's all like come on like you really think you can take all of us on at once and Buffy's like no I don't and Spike gets up out of his wheelchair and proceeds to beat the ever living fuck out of Angelus with a fucking crowbar with a, I mean, he, he beat the brakes off of this dude. He Jason Todd's that motherfucker. Yes, he does. He, he do, does. Do I need to explain that reference? Well, not to me. Okay. But you might, you know, I don't know. Uh, Batman reference, guys. Uh, uh, the Joker, the Joker beats the second Robin, Jason Todd, to death with a crowbar to death, in an like, abandoned warehouse. Whew. Yeah, he. Uh, this is a definite. This is this is a Negan, uh, a Negan esque <laughs> beating. This is a Negan 
level beating. Yes. Angel, Angel's eye has popped, <laughs> has has gone full Glen. Yep. And has popped out of his, his head is all fucking deformed. His, right. Yeah. It's, yeah. And he's yeah, already just like. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. He's fucked. Fucked up. It's fucked up. Yep. Um. But. Don't worry, because 15 seasons from now, Buffy's going to forgive Spike, and then they're going to go to their own spinoff show together. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Anyone that's not caught up on The Walking Dead is not going to understand right, right, what right, the right. fuck just, I just said. But yeah. anyway. I'm actually not um, caught up on it, so I don't even know what you said. Okay, we can talk about it later. Okay. <laughs> um, so, like, I love this. I know you hate Drew, but I love this. So Spike's like beating, beating <laughs> this the brakes. This is a funny off part, of, yeah. Beating the brakes off of off of Angel, and Drew's watching, and she finally has enough, and literally <laughs> like from off camera, <laughs> she's like a fucking like like a chihuahua yeah. or a miniature pincher or something, yeah. just like. Like if this is Spike laying, like laying the, like beating the living hell out of, out of Angel right here. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you, this is what you see from mm-hmm. Drew. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> and, and she lets out this little yelp and just tackles Spike yep. off of Angel. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. Uh, so Buffy's fighting another vampire. Um. Uh, while she's distracted with that and while Spike and Drew are trading blows, Angel, you know, gets a hold of himself and gets up and completes the ritual, uh, pulling the sword from uh, the stone body of Akafla. Um, we cut back to the hospital. Um, uh, Willow's going through the spell. <clears throat> and she's as she's going, she's doing the spell. She's getting weaker. Um, she's having trouble breathing. Uh, the words are. She's having trouble coming up with the words. Um, and then all of a sudden, her head jerks up and back down, and she starts spewing this fucking ritual in perfect Latin, like something has taken over Willow's body. And, um, um, uh, she, and she's just spitting this thing out in full, uh, Romany, Romany, whatever. Her head starts spinning on her shoulders and like pea soup is flying out. It's totally exorcist. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so meanwhile, we're back at the mansion and Buffy and Angel have started fighting. Or I should say, clearly not our leads, Sarah Michelle Geller and David Boreanaz, have begun to engage in a sword fight. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so this is the big goof and up and oopsie for me. Obviously, it's not the stars having right. the fight. Um, it's only here's, them for, like, close-up shots. Right, and here's the thing that, and it only bothers me because, because we are fans of Highlander. Yes, yes, and it's and, it's like really you couldn't give them like a week or so to 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 right. like maybe slow it down and maybe make it a little less complicated so that they could have uh, choreographed it and done it themselves, you know, with aluminum right. blades. That's nobody's going to get hurt, but right because because we know that even even the one-off guest stars on Highlander 
that's them. That is always them. Fights. Yes, they go and in. Those, they go in two the, weeks early, and they get they get a whole week to practice the choreography with Adrian. Yeah, and and those sword fights were a lot of them were way more intricate and hardcore than this one. Yeah. So, Although they did go out of their way, not all the time, but a lot of times they went out of their way to find people who were good with stage right. combat already or right. sword play right. in general. Um, it's just, it's being a fan of Highlander and knowing the efforts they went to behind the scenes to, to ensure that it was the actors engaged in those fights. Mm-hmm. It always disappoints me in movies and TV when, when it's so obviously not, our our actors yeah doing doing that but anyway and the other thing that always takes me out of it is what they use for the clang noise Mm. and like the clink the sword on sword clinging noise in this was terrible right but anyway um what were you gonna say the big the big goof him up and oopsie so the the goof him up and oopsie is i mean obviously it's not the stars we know this and it's only them in the close-up shots apparently someone had made the call that during this climactic battle, Angel was going to be vamped in vamp face because mm. every every um every time we see the stunt performer from a from a distance, you know, he's vamp faced, but Angel is not vamp faced, and so apparently someone made a call like at one point, like okay, forget the vamp face, we'll just have him stay in human form for the whole fight. And but you know they'd probably already shot all of the the scenes with the with the two stunt performers, and they're like, right. man, nobody will notice. And it's like, yeah, people we I, noticed. I noticed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I bet if that is the case, I bet they did it because it, it more emotionally impactful to have Angel in his yep. human face. Yeah, it was probably demon, something he who must not face. be named would say would make the final call on and say, you know what, probably more impactful if he's aimed but i disagree and say the fight should have been as angelus and then when what happens happens and the eyes flash he should have Mm. went back to angel at that point you know what i'm saying like i think that would have been a little more impactful but you know right um so yeah angel and buffy are engaging in a sword fight and uh um spike um gently renders drew unconscious i don't know how because in order for this chokehold to work it would have had to blo- stop the flow of blood or, or air oxygen <laughs> or air which of which there are neither, neither well no of you, which you would drew think has. there is a flow of blood because they drink blood to keep themselves strong and and all that jazz so i would assume there is a blood but do you think there's actually blood pumping through their body? No, no. Right. Yeah. I don't either. So yeah, probably a bad idea. He probably should have clubbed her in the head with like, he should have picked up the wheelchair and just beat the brakes off of her. (laughs) 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 Like he was doing to angel. (laughs) And the whole time he's like hitting her with it. I don't want to hurt you, but you made me do this. You're making me do this. No, he's like, the whole time he's hitting her, he's like, he's like, I'm going to put you back in this wheelchair, bitch. <laughs> You're going to see what it's like to ride around in this fucking thing for six months. 
Well, she knows. She was in the wheelchair when the show started, remember? Yeah, but not she like was he so was. Weak. Like, But he That's was, true. like, completely confined, you know? So. Um, so, um, yeah, he renders her unconscious and. Uh, scoops her up and. Scoops her up and starts to leave. And he peeks outside because Buffy and Angel are outside now. And, um, uh. Angel's got Buffy disarmed and and uh, on the ground, and Angel, Spike looks out and he's like, uh, "What does he say?" He's like, "He's he's he goes, act, damn, he's really, he's actually gonna kill her. He's actually gonna kill her." And then he just shrugs, and then, and then he goes, "He's like, he's like, he's actually gonna kill her." Yeah. <laughs> he turns around with Drew and leaves. Yep. He walks off. So. Um, Angel's got Buffy on the ground disarmed and he gives her this little speech you know take away your friends and your weapons yada 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 and what's left and he goes for the killing blow and Buffy says me and she grabs the sword in between her hands and forces it back into Angel's face uh, and she picks up this, her other, the other sword, and they engage in more sword fighting. Meanwhile, we go back to the hospital, and uh, the spell, the restoration ritual takes full effect. The orb of Thessala glows, and... Um, uh, disappears and we cut back to the mansion and uh, um, Buffy has gained the upper hand over Angel um, who is uh, on his knees in front of his back to Akathla and she's getting ready to strike the killing blow and Angel uh kind of lurches in pain and we see his eyes glow yellow uh, like they did in the flashback to when his soul was restored before and um, he's confused it's pretty much just like the flashback he's confused he has no idea where they are um, he he asks Buffy what's going on um, and she just realizes what has happened, <coughs> that his soul right. is back, that it's Angel again. Um, and I have a I have a clip of their... Play it. Their play uh, it. conversation. I love you. I love you. Close your eyes.
Woo. I was getting chills listening to it. So what happened there is they, once Buffy realizes what's going on and, and everything, they're kissing. And Buffy pulls back and sees that Akathla has awakened. And his mouth has opened and a whirlpool vortex has begun to spiral behind Angel. And this is the moment, in my opinion, where Buffy grows up. This is the, this is the, uh, like I said, I feel like she's already accepted the fact that she's the Slayer, but this is the, that means I have to do whatever is necessary to fulfill my role as the Slayer and yeah. save the world. And fucking and even Sarah though Michelle Geller. The love of her life has just returned and he has no idea what's been going on. Right. She right. knows that she has to stab him with this sword to close this vortex. So, and to, to send him into hell dimension and close yep. this vortex. So she tells him to close his eyes, and when he does, she rears back and she drives the sword straight through him. Into a kafla. And he he disappears into a kafla, into the vortex as it shuts down. And I am not kidding when I tell you at this point, even rewatching it now, I cried. Like like a like a bitch. Like a bitch. That's right, because I did too. <laughs> I I am not gonna front no, at all. No, no, no. I will sit here and one hundred percent admit to you and everyone listening, tears. Yep. Streaming. Because if you're really emotionally invested into a show and into characters and stuff and something like this happens and you don't have an emotional response like that. There's, there's something wrong. Something there's something probably wrong with, wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah, um, this, like, that's why I text you. said, bro, this shit got me right in the feels, you know? And I'd, I'd like to point out something, too. I don't know if you caught it. Okay. Um, the beginning of this two-parter. Okay. The last thing Angel hears in his mortal life, Liam hears in his mortal life, is close your eyes. Oh, that's right. The last thing Angel hears in his immortal life is close your eyes. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, nice nice callback, bro. Nice tie-in. I I was wrecked because... <laughs> I was wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> because think about this, too. I had to call off work for three days. <laughs> <laughs> because think about this, too. Like... Angel loved Buffy, mm -hmm, okay? Mm -hmm. Angel loved Darla. Oh, yeah. In, in, and, in jealous, and jealous loved Darla. Right. Yeah. In, in, in whatever ways vampires are capable of that. <clears throat> sure. Um, so that's... The, the two women he has loved in his entire lifetime ended his life. Yep. And one ended his mortal life, and one ended his immortal life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, man, fucking, we've said this so many times. We've said it during this episode. Sarah Michelle Gellar, 
man, she was so good in this scene. She was so good in this scene. Especially after Angel gets sucked. Like, she's killed Angel. Like, there is so much happening. She goes from kind of a... Kind of a sad-ish, but determined kind of demeanor to just instantly loses it when he swallows into that vortex and it closes behind him. Yep. Because she just realized he's gone forever. You know, that's... he's, And not just gone. I think she realizes... That was a portal to the hell dimension. So, which right. apparently there's nothing worse than that in this universe. Right. And so she has sent Angel, who technically <coughs> is utterly innocent of anything that that Angelus has done. She just sent yep. him as Angel to the hell dimension. Yep. And it's all coming crashing down. She's been expelled from school. She's been kicked out of her house. She just killed the greatest love of her life and sent him to a hell dimension. Woo. I don't know. And she's 17 years old. Right. Um, so we... Where are we? Um, well, just one final scene. We, uh, we cut to Buffy. She's on her way home. And then we cut to what's apparently a little while after that. And Joyce goes into Buffy's bedroom looking for Buffy. Um, But Buffy's closet's empty. And there's clothes all over the bed and the floor. And she finds a note from Buffy. We don't know what the note says. But she starts to cry. And then we cut to in front of Sunnydale High where the Scoobies are gathered. And they're kind of all speculating on what happened to Buffy and, and Angel and all they really know is that Akathla was stopped. Um, and they don't realize that Buffy's watching them from across the street. <coughs> yeah. Cause and they're all we... like, well, why isn't she here? Well, a lot of shit you got to deal with and she'll be here right. eventually. She, you know, it's, it's, you know, right. Um, and then we see Buffy on a bus leaving Sunnydale. And the last um, thing we see is a sign that says, uh, leave, now leaving Sunnydale. Uh, come back soon. Come back soon, yeah. And that's it. There there was a scene in there where um, we see Spike uh, oh, that's driving right. away, driving with, away with Drew. Yeah. And there is something in that scene. I don't know if it was scripted or if it was done on James Marster's part, but it was fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. When he's driving, mm-hmm. he's got his hand on the steering wheel. And again, I don't know if it was scripted or he realized it in in the midst of the scene. He's got his hand on the steering wheel and there's a ray of sunlight coming through onto his hand Mm -hmm. because the windows and the and the the windshield are all blacked out except for some spots. There's a ray of light coming through the windshield onto his hand Mm -hmm. where and he pulls it back. Yeah, like, ah. Yeah, and then he grabs the steering wheel with his other hand yeah. as he pulls pulls Drew close. Yeah, um, so I don't know if it was scripted that way or if James Marsters was in the scene and realized, oh, there's sunlight on on Spike's hand, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, but it was good. I yeah. I, I liked it. Um, All the key players are so good. Yeah, you know, um, Jeremy, and that's it. That was. 
That was the, the end, end of the bro, of season two. Yes. I mean, tell me. Damn. Tell, tell me, Jeremy. Yes. How many word, world-swallowing demons do you give this episode? A six. A six. Dude, I'm glad you said that. Go on. Uh, I mean, our our normal our normal rating scale can't contain this this episode. It's it is Buffy perfection from beginning to end. Of course, there's little goofy things we pick apart. That's that's what we do. That's who we are. That's that's our show. Right. Right. But you know, <coughs> God, the emotion, the 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 going back and forth. For, it's I I don't even. I'm just I'm gobsmacked. It, I don't even know where, you know, it, if you're a Buffy fan or, you tr- or you're trying to become a Buffy fan or you're interested in the, you have got to see these last two episodes. And I dare say this one's even better than the last one, and it was excellent. But this one is, is kind of on its own. The, the emotion, the fact that Buffy, this 17-year-old girl has now... All of these things just came crashing down on her within like a 24-hour period. And so she's leaving town. She's like, what um, What else am I going to do? You know, I, I can't. I just got to go. And she's, and that's what she does. And that's where we're left for the end of this season. And it's just like, dude, that couldn't have been any better. Because you couldn't have just sent her back to school the next day. And, and they all congregate. Right. And they're like, dun dun You know, I mean, it's. Just right. perfection, utter fucking perfection. And yeah. as someone who saw this for the first time, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see where the fuck this goes. Like, what season three is going to – it's like, woo-wee. So, it's a right. six, bro. And and I'm not, uh, I'm not ashamed to break our scale. Uh, James. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How many severe beatings with a crowbar do you give this episode? Uh, a six. I was I was gonna break the scale too. I'm so <laughs> glad you did it. Here, I'm glad you did I, it first, buddy. Right. Yeah. Like I just I I could not. Like mm-hmm. I could not because everything that that a five episode is, this was it. And then some. And then some. Yeah, like, a little sprinkle on top. Like, again, there is nothing wrong with this episode. Like you said, and like I said um, and when we last week for Becoming Part 1, yeah, we we nitpick here and there. Yeah, we go off on our little tangents. But that's not a reflection of the quality of the episode. Like, this is so good. It is so good. It it flows. It is the perfect companion piece, the perfect follow-up to, to the first part. It flows so well as one. I, I watched them back to back, but as, as you did, um, uh, I, it flows from, from the beginning of becoming part one to the end of part two. It's just so smooth. Everyone is so good. It is just, it is phenomenal. This, uh, uh, it's it's Buffy at its best. It is quintessential Buffy. This and becoming part one, one hundred percent make that list of episodes you show someone that has never seen this show, and you're trying to get them into it. It may, they may even be the first two episodes you show someone. 
It could be, yeah. You show them these episodes. and You, you give and them you a little background, them, and then you say, okay, here we go. And you hook them, and you say, now go start it from the beginning. Um, I've I've talked about this before. I talked about it in Becoming Part 1. The last 15 minutes of this episode were the very first thing uh, in the Buffy universe I ever saw. Mm-hmm. And I was... And so it worked on you. <laughs> I, I was floored. I was floored. I had to know more. I had to know more. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Let's talk a minute about subverting expectations. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember, and this goes back to, to watching it, that, that first fit, that, that last 15 minutes, the first time I ever saw it, I remember sitting there watching it and being like, they're, they're going to restore this guy's soul. Mm-hmm. Like, like it's going to happen. Like that's, that's the, that's the end game here. That's what's going to happen. That's that's the resolution. And I, I remember thinking that when I first saw this, you know, not not having the benefit of of rewatching or or knowing what because I watched it when it originally aired. So there was no season three yet or anything. Right. And I remember sitting on the edge of my sister's bed watching it with her um, after she had spent two seasons telling me you need to watch this show. It's really good. Mm -hmm. And me being like, no, I saw that shit ass movie. I don't want to watch this fucking show. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, and I remember sitting there and being like, well, like this is good, but I know, I know what's going to happen. They're going to restore his soul. Like the, the, you know, happy ending. And then, and they did. And and they did. And they did. (laughs) And, And then, she still has to kill him mm-hmm. to save the world. Yep. And I was like, I'm tearing up thinking about it right that's, now. Dude. That's ballsy shit in television writing like, back then. I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. And I was hooked. And that is, that is subverting expectations. And that is so Joss and, and the rest of the writers are so good at that in this show. Um, maybe not so much up to this point, but definitely from here going forward. And, and I'm going to talk about this more, um, when we finally get to angel, um, especially that first episode city of, um, because talk about, talk about subverting some expectations, um, in a pilot. But anyway, um, it was, and it was so good and I was hooked and yeah, yeah, this is a six man. Everything about this is perfection. Um, and, and I, I think it's, it's after midnight here. I think I'm going to go watch them again when we're done. Yeah. I've done that before when we've recorded. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, they're just so good. They're so good. Yep. Um, and it's, uh, I think it's a testament to the quality of of the writing and 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 everything that uh, I've seen these episodes. This probably marks maybe the seventh or eighth time I've watched these episodes, sure. and every time I get emotional at the same beats. Yep. 
I know it's coming. Mm -hmm. And I and I tell myself, not this time, not this time. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. I'm mm -hmm. not going to cry. And then she fucking drives that sword into that bastard's chest. And next and there's tears on my face. Yeah. I cannot help it. Yeah. Um, That's the mark of a good writing. It's so good. It's so good. Um, anyway, uh, Monsterology, again, nothing. Akafla's complete fabrication of the writing team. And that's fine. It doesn't matter. It does not fucking matter no. for these episodes. Yeah. Uh, because that's not what this, that's not where the story is, really. Right. It's really not. Right. Um, our body count this episode is four. Uh, we've got two vampires staked by Buffy, one beheaded by Buffy, and Angel. Yep. Um, a little behind the scenes. Uh, this is the first time that you, so as we all probably know, the episode credits always end with uh, the the Gur Arg monster going across the screen and doing Gur Arg. Um, this time the monster says, "Oh, I need a hug." instead and this is the first time a variation of the gur arg sound was used yeah um, for the show um it pulled in 4.2 million households on its original airing that's 400,000 more viewers simply because than than the, than the first part of this and that's simply because it fucking hooked people and people right. called other people and said, fuck, you fucking fucking fuck. You got to see this last fucking episode. Fuck. Um, and I was and I couldn't say this up until this point, but I was one of them. I was oh, one oh, of the yeah. households. Oh, yeah. Like me. I mean, my household had been up until that point because my sister was a fan. Mm -hmm. uh, but this is the first time I watched it even for 15 minutes. So this is the first time I can say I I was part of that. I was part that of that Nielsen rating. Audience. Um, no bronze band this week. We didn't go to the bronze. Um, our music this week is Waking Willow, Vision of Jenny, um, and Close Your Eyes, aka the Buffy Angel Love Thing, all love theme, all composed by series composer Christoph Beck. That's something else. They fucking play the Buffy I Angel know. Love Theme that goddamn love during theme that final scene and played it just a just a bit <coughs> off tempo. A bit slow, and you're like, ah, oh, each note, you're like, ah, oh, ah, yep. <laughs> you yep. know, and yeah, it is outside of outside of um, the 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 actual bands that made it onto like the Buffy the Vampire sound soundtrack. Um, to me, and probably to a lot of fans, that is the most recognizable piece of Buffy score, uh, hands down. Anytime it plays, it's instantly recognizable. Without and any, question, and any time it plays, you're probably in for some heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, "Fall from Grace" by Sarah McLaughlin from the album "Surfacing," released by Arista Records. In yeah, when that song kicked up as she's walking down the sidewalk, heading towards you know, like the 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 bus, and she, dude, that's when I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like. It, yeah, um, it was, yeah. Uh, we covered goof em, goof em ups and oopsies already. Um, what are your final thoughts, Jeremy? 
I'm exhausted. Those two episodes, <laughs> no, really, not like not right right now. Those two episodes exhausted me. It's the emotions, and you're just like, oh my god, I gotta have a nap and a Snickers, because it's like, fuck, man, <laughs> like what else can these people do to me? <laughs> and yeah. yeah, I as looking back on it now, like I can't wait for season three to start. Because, like, I know things that are going to happen, obviously. But there's also lots of stuff that I'll be rediscovering, like we do every episode. Right. And episodes right. I've kind of forgotten, you know, the most most about. And it, uh, I, I just, I can't wait. Because season three is, is probably, I, I, I've said this before, it's probably my favorite season in Buffy is season three. Right. And so I'm like, I'm like, okay, I'm rare and ready to go now. You know, like, shit's really good now. So, yep. yep. What about you, James? What's your final thoughts on it? Uh, same. Like, I, 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 I ended up watching both of these episodes uh, four times. Yeah, before I think I, I we did recorded. three. I did three. Um, and only one of those times was like doing notes and stuff. The other uh-huh. three was literally just because they're so fucking good. Same. Um, same season. And, <laughs> and 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 I'm like you, like. After each viewing, I was emotionally exhausted. Yeah, I was drained. It took so much out of me. <laughs> they're they're so good. Yeah. Um, and this is I said before when we, we were doing the ratings. Um, these these are ep- there's episodes of shows that I I don't want to say I actively avoid, but I try. I don't go out of my way to watch them again because I know what they do to me. Yeah. Um, and, and these are two of those episodes for this show. There's episodes of Highlander, um, that are the same way. Like I, I can tell you, like, I like with these, I know, I know what's going to hit me and I know when it's going to hit me, no matter how many times I watch these episodes. And every time I watch them, I tell myself, not this time, not this time, (laughs) not this time. Not this time. Not this. Oh, yeah. Why? Why? Why did this happen? Why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> it never fails. Yep. And and again, I'm not ashamed to sit here and admit to you or anybody listening or watching that that shows have that effect on me. Buffy. Oh yeah. Highlander. There's other shows. If you care, if you care about a show enough, it should it's, have that effect on you. Right. And you know. And and you should care about a show that much. If the quality is there, yeah, and, and the quality is here for Buffy. Oh yeah, it always for, has been. There's been little Highlander. Um, the first two seasons, there were there were right. bumps in the road and stuff, but there's always been quality. Right, it's been there um, all along, you know. Um, and it's got me excited for season three because I feel like, um, we talked about this in season one. It was very um, season one kind of teetered with the idea of of an overall story Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really executed very well yeah season two did the same thing it was executed much better than season one but it was still there's still something it wasn't as cohesive as maybe it could have been until towards the end here right yeah this this last string of of a few episodes I feel like they did that, and then going into the writer's room for season three, they were like, this is what we're good at. Mm-hmm. 
This is what we're really good at stringing together an, uh, an overarching story for 22 episodes where literally everything is connected somehow, no matter how minutely. And each episode is a piece to that final end game. Um, cause you, like I said, you got the idea that that's what they wanted to do in season one. It didn't work out so well. Um, Clearly, that was the intent here in season two again. Um, it wasn't, I don't think it was really necessarily executed well until after Angel lost his soul. Yeah, then, then it, it started fire. to pick up. It yep. started to pick up uh, yep. a lot. I agree. And, and they really double down and pick up and run with that momentum into season three. Yeah, they I do. Think right off the season, gate. Season three really does lay down the idea that they can tell an overarching story uh, and have the entire season connect to that end game in some shape, form, factor. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to diving into season three. I think season three is probably um, my favorite season uh, as as it is yours. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's probably the best season of Buffy, in my opinion. Um, it sadly doesn't have what I think it has really good episodes. It definitely has five episodes. Does it have some of what I think are the best episodes of Buffy? No. Yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately not. Yeah. Um, but, but it is such a good, but it's an overall, it's to me, it's much less of a, of it's much stronger collectively than, than the than the than the previous or following seasons. Oh yes. yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, and, and I think that's what makes it my favorite is that. Oh, me too. There's way less stinkers and way less. Right, right. Like they know Listen. they got their they got their fucking blinders on and and they got tunnel vision and they're like that's that's where we're going, you know. Right. So. Because as we get into season four and later, <sighs> you've you've got the seasons aren't that great. They still manage to maintain the momentum of telling an overarching story and whatnot, but you really have in those seasons, one or two standout episodes that, that ultimately are probably the best episodes of Buffy. Yeah. But the um, rest of the seasons are kind of, Ooh, like it's no, it's no, it's no secret to you that I feel like season four of this show it's one of the worst seasons of any shows, and it's going to be right. very difficult to make it through 22 episodes uh, for right. me of season four. But So I am going to thoroughly enjoy season three as much as I possibly can. I'm going to suck up every little delicious <laughs> nutrient juice from, from season three. Um, but, but yeah, yeah th- those, are, those are my final thoughts. This is just so... These two episodes were so good. the The season overall was was really, uh, really good. So an improvement over over season one, as much as as we loved season one, um, and and it's got me excited to keep going. Um, uh, yeah, because James, here we are. We are now concluded with yes. What is it? Thirty four. Thirty. 34 episodes. We have now, we have now done 34 episodes of this show. We are now done with season two. Season two. 
We uh, we will now go met. on our month long sabbatical that we always yes. do between seasons. Yes, we will be returning January second with with, uh, with season three, episode one, and the thirty fifth episode of the series overall. That's right. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I. I think I've enjoyed doing this more the second season than than uh, I did the first season. Oh, very. even though I did enjoy doing the first season. Yeah, because um, we got our 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 shtick down better, but also because right. the the episodes were, right. were a lot right. less painful to get through. Yeah. Um, I I uh, I like the I like the little imaginary side universe <laughs> world we've that we created, created that's that completely created deranged and like that, that just doesn't exist yeah and, it would make like the rick and morty writers be like oh damn that's oh, what oh, Ooh. Oh. you know so um i i like i like how irreverent we get sometimes um yeah. you know uh so yeah i've really enjoyed doing this oh um, yeah uh, a lot more this season. I wouldn't um, still be doing it if I didn't enjoy it. So, right, right. You know. um, and I'm, I'm knowing what's to come in season three. Uh, I'm not just excited to watch season three again. I'm excited to do this with you for season three. Right. Because uh, I think knowing you and I, we're just gonna we're gonna be able to build uh, <laughs> the, these uh, this imaginary. <laughs> side buffy world we've created and let's just say and, tammy the vampire slayer is going to have a lot to do this this <laughs> this coming season um and rufus yeah. don't forget rufus right um yeah. so so yeah i'm looking forward to it i hope you know i i do know we get irreverent and we get sidetracked in our own little stuff sometimes but i hope um it's all out of I love of the show you know it is all out of love of the show and i hope that the the people that listen and the people who watch um I hope they get that. I hope they understand it. I hope they, uh, I hope they muddle through it if they don't particularly enjoy it. Yeah. Um, kind of, to to kind of get to the the meat and and bones of of the show, um, as we discuss it. Um, uh, so, yeah. That's all I've got. All right then. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> everybody. Check us out at BuffyRevisited.com. You'll be able to find links to all of our stuff, all of our socials. There will also be a link to our email address, which is BuffyRevisited at gmail.com. We want to hear from you, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Um, yeah, so so just reach out to us. Uh, you know, check us out. We're going to take a month-long break, but we will be back in the new year of 20 and 23, uh, season three, episode one should drop January 2nd. If for any reason that changes or, or whatever, we will let you know on our socials. We will keep everyone up to date, but I don't, I don't, I don't foresee that changing. That, that should be pretty, yeah. pretty easy to do. Yeah. Cause I can't wait for this next season. So, right. Um, yes. Um, keep, you know, uh, for anyone that does follow us or does want to follow us, uh, Keep an eye on Facebook. That's where uh, that's all where the our main social is going to be. Yeah, because right. Um, yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Um, after this episode drops, um, our Twitter will be our Twitter will be gone by the time episode th- or season three 
episode one drops our twitter will be will be gone a thing of um, the past um yeah i'm uh i'm literally only keeping it up uh now just for continuity purposes yeah, uh, yeah. through the end of this season yeah. um but uh uh i don't I, it won't be it won't be i'm not gonna say it'll be gone gone but it will not be uh, actively updated anymore True. Uh, maybe we'll keep it just in case uh something miraculous happens with uh right with the uh platform and we're able to return right. to it with some semblance of sanity <clears throat> right and <clears throat> um notifications are turned on for it and will continue to be so um i even though we won't be actively updating the Twitter or, or, or whatnot. Um, if that is your social media platform of preference, you will be able to reach us uh, through that um, still, even though we won't be active on Twitter. We will get those notifications um, if you choose to reach out to us that way, and we will uh, respond um, to, to that. Um, but yeah, our, our primary social will be Facebook, um, to get a hold of us, to talk to us about, or Buffy revisited at gmail.com. Right. That'd probably be you the know. quickest and easiest, especially if you, you have something long form to share with us, you know, then right, right, right away. We will probably talk about it on the show unless you, oh, yeah. unless you specifically ask us not to. Right. 100%. So, so. With all that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us in these first two seasons of our show. We are new to podcasting. We both love it. Uh, we love Buffy. And I can't wait to start season three, um, which we will see you with on January 2nd, season three, episode one. And I have been I thought you were going to. Oh. I, I thought you were going to confess your love to me for I, me finally. I, too. Love you, I love you deeply, James. <gasps> My heart's uh, a flutter. And with all that being said, I've been one of your hosts. I'm Jeremy. I'm your other host, James. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.